I'm obviously extremely pleased with how things have gone so far. Um, great deal of confidence in our coaching staff and the job that they've done, uh, as well as a performance of our young men and support staff around our football program. Um, student athletes have, you know, I think had a great preseason and that's shown in how well they've, they've played so far. Um, we're not naive. We know we still have uh, a long way to go in, in this season and some really, really tough competitions in front of us. But overall, um, I'm very pleased. And um, it's a, a season so far that, that I probably wouldn't have anticipated uh, quite the level of success that we've had early on. But uh, watching our young men uh, day in and day out, watching our staff, it doesn't surprise me. So um, appreciate you again, and I'll be happy to take uh, any questions. First question will go to Lane Casadante. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Jeff, good afternoon. Um, <laughs> you guys have made it look easy. I'm sure it isn't. As a program overall, what are some of the transitional uh, issues that have come up that for which maybe you couldn't have prepared? And how have you guys managed to handle them and make this transition look as seamless as it's been? Well, I mean, programmatic wise, we, I can't say there's anything out there that really surprised us. Uh, I'll be honest. I feel we've been, we've been very well prepared. I think we anticipated well, um, our staff, uh, prepares the young men, uh, weekend and we out week out extremely well. So, um, the only challenge is, you know, every time you continue to win your target on your back gets larger and the expectations rise, but, um, across the board, it's gone as well as I could have ever imagined. And that's translated into strong attendance by our alumni and our students, uh, which I want to thank each one of them for what they do week in and week out, because in this sport, you have to have a great following in order to succeed and do well long-term. So I think a lot uh, is owed to our constituency base for uh, believing in us and continuing to support us. Wayne Epps. Hey Jeff, good afternoon. Thanks, thanks for doing this. Um, I want to ask you about you know the process of you know uh, applying for the waiver to become bowl eligible next year. Um, it's my understanding that NCAA committee will come visit you guys later this month to to uh, kind of kick that into into gear. Um, what would that process look like? You know, how long would that be on campus, and what do you kind of anticipate from that uh, later this month? Well, the visit that we're going to get from the NCA later this month really doesn't have anything to do with the waiver. It really is, for lack of a better term, an application and acclimation type of committee. They come to your campus and they study all the different elements around your program. They're looking to see how far along you are uh, with uh, your infrastructure, uh, your mission, um, university support so that you're able to sustain a football program over the long term rather than, you know, just an interim um, type of, of arrangement. For us, uh, it's, again, I think it, we're glad to have them. We're anxious to walk through the process with them. The, in addition to that, the NCA Transformation Committee, which is an independently appointed committee that's been in place now for over a year, has been doing a lot of work taking a look at what, um, 
it's going to take to be an FBS institution in the future. Their work is slated to finish in December and be reported out. So that in essence will identify what the structured guidelines are for FBS. And then after that work has been done uh, and we're through our formal application process and the committee visit, a waiver wouldn't come into effect until probably sometime in the winter or spring. And once waivers are done, it takes a while for them to do the analysis and review, and then hopefully they make a decision in the spring. So from sort of a structure standpoint, that's what it's gonna look like for us. Um, the downside would be obviously the, the, the transformation committee's work won't be done until December and bowl games will be determined by December. So for us, we'll, we'll continue to play the best we can the rest of the season and, and see where this falls. But, you know, the times have changed, uh, the transfer portal, uh, there's a lot of things in, in place that are out there with NIL that were never in place before when we went through an exercise like this or the NCA went through it. So with other schools, and we're going to be relying on that as we go through the process. If I might follow up, um, how much better do you feel about your, your um, ability to become eligible next year instead of 2024 compared to maybe before the season? Well, I think it uh, winning solves a lot of problems, right? And for us, it, it it will create opportunities. So, I'm I'm encouraged about where we are. Um, I'm not a skeptic. I could classify myself as an optimist, but you know, each week uh, we tee it up against a tough football team. So, we just got to keep doing what we're doing through the remainder of the season. And once that's complete, we'll be in a better position to determine how we proceed. Thank you. Next question to Noah Fleischman. Hey, good afternoon. I guess I have two questions. What was your reaction to kind of seeing JMU break into the top 25 yesterday? And then how big of an impact is that really on the entire athletic program as a well? whole? Well, I've been doing this a long time. I've got to be honest. I didn't expect a top 25 rating anytime uh, in, in the future or even where we were. Um, after I watched us play this year, it was conceivable that we were a really good football team. And I felt like, you know, if we were to keep this up, we'd, we'd do extremely well. But taking a look at the graphic sheet that pops up on social media when you see us in with institutions that are at the very, very top of, of national football, that's, that's an incredibly rewarding um, vision. And it, for me, I, I – I watch it with a great deal of admiration because it's the young men down on that field and the coaches that are working long, tireless hours in that office are the ones that help make that happen. So my, uh, my hat's off to them and uh, they make it fun to watch. And they, to me, look like they're having a great deal of fun competing. So it's, a, it's an ideal scenario in a lot of different ways. Next question for David Thiel. Jeff, just to follow up on Noah's question, where were you yesterday when somebody texted you or however you found out that that number was next to your name? Um, I think I was standing with my dog in the backyard watching him run around. <laughs> we had we got in really, really early morning Sunday, I guess is the best way to put it. And I had uh, probably a micro number of hours of sleep that I normally get. So 
I let him out and I remember looking down at my phone and you know, it's one of those gorgeous days in Harrisonburg and you're thinking, I can't think of another place I'd rather be right now than looking at this, uh, this scenario that just came across the screen. And, and, you know, again, you, you do it with, uh, you do it with a great deal of admiration because so much work goes into this on so many different levels. Um, every level of our department. I mean, we're, we're Kevin's shop, you know, our shop, the operations crew, um, our support offices with strength and conditioning and academics. I mean, just watching how these young men are prepared to compete is, uh, is an amazing thing. And again, a, a lot of that is not one group or it, it really takes a village. And I am, I am appreciative of the village. Uh, that we have behind us because we've got some great folks and they're making wonderful things happen. You have in your time at James Madison hosted plenty of big football games, including national semifinals. Will the ticket demand for homecoming on October 22nd perhaps even exceed all of the previous ones? It probably will. And there's no rooms to rent in town. <laughs> Or to sleep. So I'm anticipating a lot of uh, motorhomes, campers, and tents being put up in unique places for the weekend just to be around the aura of JMU football for that weekend. And to me, that weekend will serve as a testimonial for what football can do on a college campus when it's done right and uh, when you're successful. And it's really what what we have tried for years and years to, to generate and make happen. And um, it's going to be a special weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Let's go to Grant Johnson. Good afternoon, Jeff. You know, this question kind of spans football, but also all athletic programs. I believe now you guys have started Sunbelt play between football and volleyball and both soccer teams at 12-3-2 and two in league play. Is this something that maybe like you were talking about before the season, did, is this exceeding your expectations or surprising you at all for like kind of the broad scope success of JMU sports so far in the Sunbelt? Well, actually I expected our uh, sports outside of football to go in the Sunbelt and be extremely competitive right from the, right from the get go. Um, our student athletes uh, are accustomed to challenging competition Um that they're always up for, for a tough test, but I felt like the Sun Belt was going to be a really good fit for us across the board. Um, there are a lot of sports that haven't had a chance to play yet. Uh, I think some of those we'll find are, are challenging and really tough. I think we'll find others that we can compete right at the very top of the league. And, and like I said, some of the others may take a little longer, but I think overall we are, we're talking about playing with our peers. And as I look throughout the league, both both divisions, East and West, I think those are schools that match up extremely well for us and they'll provide us with a high level of competition. And hopefully we can still sustain our, our winning championships and going on the NCAs, which for us is a is an important component for a student athlete, say once in their four years of participating on a team here uh, at JMU. And your and your one independent program, field hockey, they've got a West Coast trip next week, which that'll be the first time JMU is going to be playing games out in the Pacific Time Zone. How excited are you to kind of 
expand the brand of JMU and get JMU sports out playing on the West Coast? Well, we've really got um, we've got three teams. We've got uh, lacrosse and the American field hockey playing as an independent and swim and dive as an independent playing in the CCSA this year are participating in it. Um, that that push out to the West Coast is good because you've heard me talk many times about the brand driving the brand. What is it that we can do at JMU and the athletic program that opens up doors for our broader university? So exposure out there is a great thing. Uh, we try to do it as we look at scheduling uh, across the board in, in programs. But um, most of the time we figure if we're going to make our ways into the NCA, uh, that acknowledgement is going to be strong. So encouraged. Shane Medlin. Shane, you still have your question? Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. And it, you're, you're a Virginia native and have worked at Virginia Tech and just been around sports in the state for a long time. If you go back 20, 25 years or so, would you have been able to imagine five SBS teams in this state? And seeing that happen, how much does that change just the dynamic of where football and all sports are right here right now? It's, it's basically inconceivable for me back in that window of time, I would never have thought about it. You know, I was a young kid who was grown, crawling to the top of the stands at Lane Stadium and the same thing in Charlottesville, you know, running all over the stadium. And there were plenty of seats back then, so you didn't have to worry about crowded stadiums. Um, and that was my paradigm of bigger time football. And to, to watch the journey of a school like JMU and what we've been able to accomplish um, across the board in all of our sports, but now what's happening with, with football um, is nothing shy of amazing. Uh, I think, again, it speaks to the work of a lot of people that have worked for a long time to make that happen. And I want to give credit to our university administration and for their dedication and support because had we not had the resources and the support that we've had over the past number of years, this program would not uh, be where it is today, facilities-wise, operational-wise, and budget-wise, and we couldn't afford to compete where we are. But um, I admire the long-term vision and support um, of the administration, our board, and they deserve a lot of the credit for, for where we are today. And, you know, obviously, one week with the number 25 next to your name so far, I mean, if that's something that continues, and Jamie's fairly regularly in top 25 of the conversation, does that make scheduling those games, getting, you know, two for one with a power five or whatever, does that make it easier? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Uh, people like to schedule games where they can win. <laughs> and the more games that you win, the harder scheduling gets. Um, it does enhance a chance of a two for one. That's, that's true. But at the same time, you've got to commit to get them to play you. And if there's another FBS school out there that they can play and it's a better chance of a win, then they may move down that path. But for me, um, our goal is to, is to just be what it's always been in the past. Stay diligent to the task. Um, continue to work to get good, good teams to play here, which we will, but it's going to take time to do it. And um, the way we've gone about it, it's worked well. 
And, and I really don't want to change that because it's telling us that, that our commitment and our formula is working. So I feel good about that. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, next up is Perry Sheenan. Hi, um, I'm really wondering about the student athlete experience and really looking a little bit more closely, if I'm gonna summarize your words, it's, it seems very unlikely that the Dukes could play in a bowl game this year, correct? At this point, yes, that is correct. I mean, I guess, what would you say if you were talking to one of the players on the football team who, you know, whose season, first season perhaps was taken away by the pandemic and then with the CAA and now we're seeing this again? I think I'd want them to know that I was fighting really hard with them with the NCA to try to get that changed, um, which I will. Um, it would seem, it just doesn't seem right to go through an entire season and play to the level that they are playing and the potential level to where they could play and not have that opportunity. Um, I understand history. I understand everybody that's been through this before us saying, well, they have to live by the same rules we did. But I started my comments today saying a lot has changed in the NCA. The environment that we're in, where we find ourselves is very, very different. And then I, I'll continue to say JMU has been very different in our approach. We just didn't decide this two or three years ago. We've been working on this for a long time. And that's why I think a big part of why we are as competitive as we are today is the way that we've gone through this journey and, and built our program. So, you know, if I'm an athlete, which I often try to put myself in their shoes in reverse, which is hard to do, but, but put it there and say, I'd want to know somebody's fighting for me. And the one thing they can be assured of, their AD is going to fight for them. So we're going to give it our best to make sure that we can have whatever opportunity available that we can for them. Thank you. And in the future, do you see these rules changing? I would hope so. Because again, I think anytime there are rules or regulations, it's incumbent upon us, uh, the schools and the NCA, to look at that fairly and decide, are we doing the best thing in, on behalf of our student athletes? I mean, our foundation in the NCA is built on student athlete well-being. So you have to ask that question that you, you just did is this in the best interest of the student athlete to make the decision that we have? Thank you. You're welcome. Next up, Kurt Dudley. Hello there, Jeffrey. Hey, Kurt. Now we know this is a big positive time, of course, for the Dukes, but there are a few critics out there on various things. So one, Imagine that. one question um, that, that helps me to answer some of those as well. Um, you know, I know this has been a very strategic and visionary process and, and congratulations on celebrating it to, to this point. But uh, for those that say, well, you should have plowed all your money into football 10, 12 years ago, and we'd already be at this stage 10 or 12 years ago. What's your answer to that? That would have not happened. Part of the reason uh, that we are where we are is that um, our infrastructure is in place to support the team. And if you work in athletics every day and you're around this model and around student athletes, you know what it takes to support them. And you know what it takes to build a championship level team. Um, the other thing that I would say is that the basketballs of the world help the footballs. 
and the footballs help the basketballs. And it's that way with all of our sports down the line. The better we are, the better it helps us across the board. And for me, the basketball element and getting a new building up there and putting us in a place of long-term success um, was, was incumbent on, on happening before our football team would have gotten there. Um, this was a different day 10 years ago. The league that we joined would have been a different league 10 years ago. What makes this model even halfway feasible is the fact that we have divisions in it now. That we have an Eastern division and a Western division, and that makes it plausible financially for us to be able to do that. So as much as I understand probably where their hearts are, um, they've not had the chance to look at the numbers and the infrastructure and the things that we do every day um, in our office to make sure that we're making good decisions. So. And Jeff, when you speak to, to being a, a championship culture, uh, it also has to permeate between, as uh, right now, JMU still continues to win at 66, 67 percent. It has to permeate to the other programs in order for there to be that support here on campus itself. So, I mean, can you speak to the value of basically Duke supporting Dukes and how that really is something that the general public may not necessarily see, but is in-house here that really helps to support these, these, these student athletes? Sure. Um, there are a lot of schools across the country that um, will promote one or two sport programs at a high level, and then they'll tier others somewhere in the middle or the end. We don't do that here. I mean, our goal is to is to raise champions in every program that we have and to be able to stand a chance at winning uh, a conference championship in every sport. So as we've done this, we still continue to make enhancements across the board for all of our other programs. I mean, we're just getting ready to move next summer uh, a large percentage of the programs that are here in Godwin up to a new facility. Uh, which is a renovated um, old convocation center. So that's going to be a beautiful, beautiful complex. And it's going to be a, um, an environment for students outside of football uh, that are moving. So our goal and commitment is not just with one or two programs. It is across the board. And, our, and we want to see all of our student athletes really flourish. And uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. We're going to go to Maddie Hurisic, and then we have a couple of repeat questions in the queue. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Maddie. So I'm curious, now that you've had the opportunity to go around to a few other Sunbelt schools, you've talked a lot about wanting to be in a conference with your peers. I mean, what's been, what's, what has it been like for you to be able to go and see these other schools and see these peers that you've been seeking after for some time now? Well, I've only seen, um, you know, a couple of them. I've not, I've not had to see the whole group yet, but I do think they're symbolic of and very similar to um, the institutions in the league. Um, I'm energized by the level of uh, commitment and competition by the other schools. Uh, they're also, when I, when I go on their campus, they feel like JMU. There are other predominantly state-driven schools with larger enrollments. There's just something about the feel that you get when you go there. Um, and I anticipate it's going to be that way with each one of, of them. Um, that continuity and that um, ability to have a very similar 
um, presence was one of the most important things about coming into this league. It was about truly being around peer institutions, schools that support football in addition to all the other sports. And um, you know, I, my colleagues, I admire tremendously. I think it's a great group of athletic directors. Uh, I think they work very hard. I think they have wonderful vision. Um, I just think, you know, overall, it's a good thing. I think the comments and, and feedback that I've received from other schools when they come here is that JMU is really a remarkable place. You know, we've got, we're, we're very fortunate. I mean, we have a wonderful campus. It's beautiful. Our facilities are, are just top notch and they're treated well. And our staff does a great job hosting them. So it makes us feel good uh, as we go into those contests that, um, that we're there with what I consider real peers. Thanks, Jeff. All right, let's go back to Noah. Yeah, just following up, um, when you look at football start in 5-0, does this kind of validate, you know, the move to the Sun Belt at the FBS at this time when you, when you just kind of take a step back after seeing the start of the year? You know, Noah, what it tells me is we're ready. We were ready to make this step. Um, we didn't stumble into it. We, we, we were ready when we went. And for me, that's very satisfying because I never want to put a coach or a student athlete in a situation where I feel like we don't have a chance. You know, it's not a lot of fun having ever been in that spot. That's not a good place to be. And I feel like we have a responsibility as an institution that when we put put a, a student athlete in that field of competition, they that they legitimately can play well and stand a chance to win. And so far, that's that's what I see and how I feel. And um, I also think the alignment of, of peer schools that we're with right now is really good. And back to Grant. Yeah, Jeff, just a quick follow-up. You talk about phasing sports out of Godwin Hall. Could you maybe take me down memory lane a little bit and talk about some of your favorite moments watching volleyball in Godwin Hall? And, you know, will it be kind of bittersweet seeing, you know, swim and dive and volleyball kind of phase out of a building that, you know, they've been there forever? Well, swim and dive will stay for right now. Volleyball will leave. I do like the energy in Godwin Gym. It's good, right? And it's loud. Uh, we're going to have to find a way to, work on the convo with some, some uh, screens so that we can create that same energy. Now, I will tell you, having sat in the stands in Godwin, I'm gonna feel a lot better sitting in the stands in the convo because those are nice seats. Um, it's a really good venue. But you know, th there's, been, there's been a lot over the years watching our student athletes compete in, in all of our facilities. Um, you know, the Convocation Center held women's basketball, and I remember when we beat ODU there, and it seemed like we'd never beat ODU when I came into the league. And memories that, that are in that facility as well as out on our different fields of play, um, that brought an energy and a level of excitement that uh, was sort of hard to forget. But at the same time, as we moved into new facilities, I've gotten over it because I know what the new facilities mean for our student athletes and what it means with regard to their health and their ability to compete, our coaches' ability to recruit. And, and those are all like, you know, major emphasis points for us. So um, there comes a time and a place for everything. And 
that time and place is now happening for a lot of our sports programs, the same as the alignment with this new conference. So I feel like, uh, I feel like everything's come together and we're, we're really at a good place right now. Back to Wayne Epps. Thank you. Um, I want to uh, follow up on the um, the question about you know trying to get earlier bowl eligibility. I know you mentioned that it's obviously unlikely that you would get that this year, but that you're fighting. Um, was that something that changed? I know originally you know you're, you're going to try to see if you could get it next year instead of 24. Um, but with the way you guys are playing, is that the way? Is that something that changed where you you want to see if you could get it this year instead of next year? And if that doesn't work out, you're trying to get it in 23 instead of 24. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I look at it this year. I mean, I understand why I understand there's the rule in place. I'll just go back to, it seemed like to me, the rule was in place to ensure that teams were ready to compete and that there was an incremental, um, staging put in place for them so that they could show that they're successful. Um, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to compare. I think it's hard to compare today to five or 10 years ago. So much has changed. I mean, the environment's changed we're in. The, the, everything that's happened with the role of the student athlete has just really been, excuse me, everything has really changed in that regard. So I do think we're at a very different place now. And I think we have to look at that objectively. Um, I think anytime you make a ruling, it, it has to be based on the facts and, and where people are at any point in time. Um, We'll wait. We'll go go through these next several games and see how it goes. But I'm I'm all about creating opportunity for the young men in this program. And if that opportunity is there, I would I just hate to see it taken away. That's all because it tells me they're ready if they continue to win. Thank you. Let's go to Josh Dixon of Breeze TV. Hi, how are you? Hey, uh, I was kind of just uh, wondering this past year, the athletic department has continued to like one up uh, every accomplishment you've been able to do. And even this football season, you continue to impress. So I guess for you, what, what are you looking to get out of maybe for the rest of the season? And what's that next accomplishment you're looking for? You know, every year I want to go as far as we can in every sport we have. Uh, I really do. I want to see them achieve the highest goal that they possibly can. And for some sport teams, that's a championship. For others, it might be an incremental improvement over where they were. But the bottom line is it's about always getting better. So for me this year, it's about optimizing every chance that we have, uh, and that's in every single sport. And uh, that's kind of where our goal is. I mean, you know, basketballs I think can be really good. Um, I love March madness so you know our, our opportunities will be let's let's see where we can go you know let, and this the the sky's the limit for me uh, with so many of our programs and i think we have tremendous um we just have tremendous opportunity and we need to take a take advantage of them as as given so i think we're going to have a really good year this year i think it's going to be a better year the following year um when you have the program that we have with the young men and women that are in it, our coaches, our support staff, our donors, fans, constituency base, you can make phenomenal things happen. And it's about all that coming together congruently at the same time. And that's how I feel. I feel like this is coming together right now and it's taken a while for it to, to happen, but the timing is right. So I'm really excited. Back to Shane Metlin. 
Yeah, to uh to follow up on Wayne's questions a little bit about the the postseason for this year. If, if the season ended today, it'd really be between you and Cincinnati for that Cotton Bowl spot. Obviously, there's a lot of time to go, but at some point, does it become a bigger issue for the conference itself, for the Sun Belt, to kind of step in and help you guys with that? If um if that continues to be the case. I, th I think so. Certainly you've got to have the support of your conference in there. And then the other thing I think that that weighs into this is what about the syndicators? Syndicators are looking for ratings, right? They're going to hold these contests. And normally most of those are going to tell you they want the best team playing. So I think it's a collaborative effort by a lot of us to try to look at that objectively and if it should happen, then I don't see any reason why it shouldn't happen. Um, do the just do the right thing, um, and that is be fair and look at each each uh, opportunity independently. But you know, I, again, we still got a lot of football to play. We got a lot of games, a lot of tough games coming up. But when you look at the potential for how we play, I still think you know we, we're going to have a really good season and. It's going to be something we're going to have to look at at the end. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, we are looking to wrap up soon, but we have one more question from David Thiel. Jeff, <clears throat> Jeff, if JMU were to finish first in the East Division of the Sun Belt, mm. should the Dukes be allowed to play in the Sun Belt Championship game? Prior history would tell you the decision for that is not likely, but, but in my opinion, yes. I'm about affording opportunity to young people. And I have a hard time if you played well and proven that you're worthy for that answer to be no. I just, I know all circumstances are different. You know, and we have to look at things broadly. And I know Commissioner Gill's got a hard job. He really does. I mean, he has to look at that that in light of not just JMU, but the other 13 schools that are in there. But, you know, I wouldn't be an athletic director at JMU if I weren't out there pulling for our kids and our coaches. So I want to see us be able to take advantage of every opportunity that we can and every opportunity that we feel like we deserve. And was the thinking behind that simply because you were not bowl eligible Therefore, you would not be eligible for the championship game. I think so. I mean, I get it. That It makes sense, right? And, mm -hmm. and we were told that up front. So this is no news to me. I, I knew what the rules of the game were when we, when we joined. Um, but that said, you know, I, I think independently, it, it's worth judgment each time. The NCAA's got – a law and a ruling that's in there that says, you know, prove you can be there and you should be there, then we'll look at it. Doesn't mean they'll prove it, but they'll look at it. So um, we try to take advantage of every opportunity that we can.